Hey, y'all. This is about to be a bomb episode. We partnered up with Francesca Hoagie, who is a love doctor, a love coach, and the host of the Dear Franny podcast. So we're actually doing a bit of a crossover. So next week, look out for Black Girls Texting on Dear Franny's podcast. But for today, enjoy Dear Franny on Black Girls Texting. And please be sure to check out Francesca. She is amazing. Uh, I know I'm personally about to uh, seek out her services because, you know, we can only get better during this time of Corona self-improvement and all of that. So they say uh, this is a longer episode, but y'all ain't got no place to go anyway. So listen up. It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at Best Eye Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. 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 Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm Glenn at Best Eye Brat. And I'm Shadi at Black Girls Texting. And this week we're back with a really fun episode um, featuring Francesca Hoagie. So welcome, Francesca. Hi. Hello, ladies. Francesca is a former corporate lawyer turned certified matchmaker and personal coach. Over the past six and a half years, she's helped hundreds of clients finally learn to love themselves, fall in love with amazing partners, create careers they love, enjoy more balance, purpose, and joy in their daily lives, and start and grow their own businesses. She's been featured in Harper's Bazaar, Bustle, The Huffington Post, and is a frequent guest on The Today Show. She's also been on two seasons of Survivor, which I'm like, what? No <laughs> more. <pretty> cool. <laughs> and she's the host of the podcast, Dear Franny, which is a weekly podcast of uncommon conversations about love. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you welcome. so much for having me. Yes. We actually met Francesca at our live show with Love Watts in LA. And I had been asking this, um, our what would you do question to to Jordan Watson about this like crazy ex that I have, which if you're a listener, you know, if you listen to Valentine's Day and lackluster niggas, um, you know all <laughs> about that. And Francesca came up to me at the end and was like, um, so what is, what is this situation with this, this person? I need to know more. This sounds like a mess. We need to get on a podcast. <laughs> so here we are. Oh my God. I'm always Ooh. meddling in people's love lives. <laughs> The fact that I get to okay. do that professionally is like the, just the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, I immediately went to Millionaire Matchmaker, which I'm sure it is probably nothing like, but you can tell us more about that. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yes. Well, before, I mean, it, it's understandable that you go there. That's where most people's mind goes when they hear matchmaking or love coaching. And that's where my mind went. And um when I first have you have you have you guys heard of the matchmaker? Well, he's not a matchmaker anymore now. He's more of a TV personality. But Paul Brunson, mm, I'm not sure. No, um, you should look him up. He's he's a black man. His name he's Paul C. Brunson on all social media. And basically, back when I was still a corporate lawyer and not 
wanting to be a lawyer, but not knowing what else to do. So I got really stuck there for a while. Um, I went to a barbecue. I went to a 4th of July barbecue and I was talking to this black woman and she was like, oh yeah, there's this black male matchmaker named Paul Brunson that I follow on Twitter. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> there's a black male? Who? What? <laughs> and I was like, I, I, love that. I was like, wait, I want to follow him. So I literally took out my phone, looked him up on Twitter, followed him right on the spot. And, um, and then, so over the next, like, I don't know, weeks, months of following him and just hearing the way he talked about love and about relationships and like watching his videos, I just really resonated with him. And I was like, I love this guy. I love what he has to say. Um, and then one day he posted a video that was like basically about what it takes to be a good matchmaker. And, it was, I don't even remember what it was because this was like seven years ago, but it was basically like, you know, you are somebody who, you know, you are a good communicator and you're really good at asking people questions that are revealing and, you know, just things that I was like, I do that all the time. I can do that. <laughs> um, but before that, I just thought millionaire matchmaker, that's what I thought matchmaking was. And it wasn't until I discovered him that I realized like, oh no, they're like regular, smart, cool well-meaning people who really care about helping other people have real solid happy relationships and um, Paul taught me that so he was that window and then um, one day he tweeted he was going to be speaking at the matchmaking institute conference in New York and I was like wait what (laughs) there's a matchmaking institute (laughs) and there's a conference like what I was like my mind was blown and um and I and I lived in New York at the time I'm from New York and I just like responded to his tweet and I was like, I want to go to that. And he's like, you should come. And I was like, all right. And I did. And um, I went to this conference and I just met all these matchmakers and they're just regular people. And I was like, okay, this is something that I really need to look into because, um, you know, like I said, I love meddling in people's love lives. And I always have (laughs) since I was like, you know, I was always that. I was always that friend who was like, wait, you have a crush on that boy? How are we going to make this happen? You know what I mean? Like, I was just always that person, um, like from like, you know, sixth grade, really. So I, uh, I just felt like I found my people. Um, and then I totally cornered Paul and I was like, well, you mentor me. And yes. he's like, uh, yes, crazy lady from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the start of my love career. Okay, so we want to get into our segment on read or reply. Um, so basically, since our whole podcast is based around the, the theme of the group chat um, in this game, if you, if there's a subject that comes up that you are not here for, that you don't like, you would leave that on read. And if you're into it, you would reply to it. Got Make it. Sense? I got okay. it. Yeah. Love so it. The, the first one is the concept of the one on read or reply. Ooh, oh God, that's hard. Okay. Um, that's so good. <laughs> it's a really good one. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply. I'm going to reply, but with the caveat that I think that there are multiple the ones. So maybe that's <laughs> totally contradicting mm, it, yes. but um, I don't, I mean, I think the idea that there is only one person in the whole world who is the right match for you is it's obviously ridiculous. And, um, and I don't really know who could like reasonably think that that's the case. However, um, I do think that having that type of, you know, soulmate connection where you feel like 
the two of you just understand each other on a level that kind of defies explanation, right? Like there's no quote unquote logical reason why you would get each other on that level is something that you can experience with more than one person. Um, but when you when you experience it, it feels like oh, I found my match. You know what I'm saying? But um, not that there's only one of them. But I do believe in like the depth of that connection. I just don't think that it's only one. It can only happen with one person. Mm, yeah. yeah. What do y'all think, Shadi and Chelsea? I feel like it depends on what you think the one means. Like. I feel like sometimes, you know, we've all grown up watching our Disney films and you think that like a pairing is supposed to be perfect and everything is just supposed to be easy and everything is just you're supposed to get along and understand each other and like totally just be the same person almost. And I don't think that that is realistic. I feel like if you think of the one as as Francesca said, someone that you just have like a very deep connection with and like there's just something that's unexplainable but like you can still understand that you're not like a puzzle piece match Mm. then yeah that's first the definition of the one but still i agree i don't think that you can just have one i feel like you know like i like to say there's many fish in the sea so yeah i don't think that there's just one and i think people need to redefine what the one even means yeah, I agree. I joke with Glenn all the time that I think everyone probably knows this, that I'm convinced I'm going to be married like three times and I want like the JLo experience <laughs> minus her first husband, the the dancer. Was he the dancer? No, no, no. Casper boyfriend was the dancer. Chris, the, like there was the whack first one. He was really whack. <laughs> But I'm like, oh my God, yes, I have like my Mark Anthony, I have my babies. Then I move on to like my little like younger man and I'm flinging it. And then I like end with like my A-Rod, but like my A-Rod I think is like an older Italian retired artist. Ooh, interesting and very specific. I love it. But I I'm think, crazy. No, you're like getting at something really good because, and I felt this way even in your answer, Francesca. Like I, I also agree that there's many the ones, and I think what gets me is that I'm like, oh, well then how do I know who I'll choose? Like, what if I'm with this one, and then there's another one, and then I'll be thinking that I'm missing something else. So then I try to think that, like, I kind of give into this like d- divine thing where it's like the one is the one, and I'll just know, and I will, my search will stop. I don't know, but yeah. I think that. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say about that. I think that, you know, the part part of finding the one is it's a choice. Do you know what I mean? And yes, so, yes, yes. And so it's not a matter of if you're um, with someone. I, I don't believe if you're with somebody and it's truly the right match for you, you're not going to feel like, okay, but wait, maybe there's someone better. Because... Um, like, I think it's Chelsea, you were just saying, like, there is no perfection. There is no you complete me and now we're together and there's, you know, we never have any challenge and we read each other's minds and we share the same, like that's, that is fantasy. Like that is, Mm. you know, fairy tale, industrial complex nonsense that Unless you're like mad simple. (laughs) Unless you're really, really simple. (laughs) Um, And, or you're just extremely codependent, (laughs) which is Mm. another thing that, you know, that, is that's the case with a lot of couples um but um it's so it's a choice and so when you're when you've chosen someone and they've chosen you 
there is no sense of then like, oh, but maybe there's someone better because you get there is no perfection. It's about finding somebody that you have the connection with, you have the shared values, you have the shared vision of the relationship because that's another thing that's really big. Like you can you can feel amazingly connected to someone, but if you know you want to get married and have kids and be monogamous and they're like, yeah, I don't believe in monogamy and I don't believe in marriage and I don't want to have kids, like then it's not going to work. They're not the one, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like you might love each other, but that's not the person for you, you know, um, on, I don't know, this lifetime, right? Um, you guys know that Erica Badu song, Next Lifetime, yeah. um, <laughs> which I just, I love that song. That's actually one of my favorite love songs of all time because I just love that it is like, it's so true that you can have an amazing, amazing, beautiful connection with someone and just for really practical reasons, like it's it just not going to work this lifetime, yeah. you know, and that can feel so sad, but it can also just be, it doesn't have to be, you know, and that's why I love that song. Anyway, um, I'm kind of babbling, point. but no, no, well, no, okay. I have a question about this yeah. and, and I'm like, Ooh, we never going to get out of this segment, but this is fine because <laughs> this is what no, this I is all it. about. Um, I think I struggle with the idea of like, not if someone's necessarily better, but like, and I hate the word settling. It's like a frustrating word. I'm trying to think of something else, but I'm like, it's so complicated, right? Like you can meet someone who like works with you in a lot of ways and then like in a lot of ways doesn't. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, is this not it? Like, I guess it's the question of, yeah, like when do you know that this is it? And you can't know without like trying it and like, figuring it out but I guess there's like the permanent feeling of like entering a long-term relationship especially like in western society it's supposed to kind of like culminate in marriage which is kind of like locking you into a situation that you're like I'm just testing out the appetizers before I buy the main (laughs) dish kind of situation yeah and then you're like fuck here I am and maybe after three, four years, this wasn't it. And then that feels like a waste of time. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, and I see this a lot with my clients where it's it's hard when you are, when you, when you have a, when you have a person in front of you, you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, okay, is this person the one? Is this person the one? That is, that can be a really hard question to answer if you haven't already decided independent of this particular person that you're dating what it is that you need in a relationship. So it's it's sort of like, it's like, like imagine if it was a job, like say like you just graduated from college and somebody's like, hey, here's this really great job. And you're like, okay, yeah, this seems like a good opportunity. It's good money, it's good benefits. I feel like I'm gonna learn some skills here. And then you're on, on the job and you're like, is this a thing that I'm like, that I wanna do forever? And if you've never thought before about, okay, what you know? What do I most care about? What's the impact I want to have in the world? What's the lifestyle I want to live? Like, how much money do I want to make? Then it's a little bit. You're trying to like figure out based on this one particular job everything that you want, and that can be challenging. And that's a lot of times what we do with relationships. You're like, I'm attracted to this person. You know, we we get along. There's a lot of things here, but it, it's hard to answer that question if you don't kind of put that one person to the side for a moment, which can be really hard to do, you know, when you're in a relationship and just be like, okay, what is the relationship that I want to have? Like, what do I want to experience in my relationship? What are my goals? Like, what do I want from my life? Do I want to have a family? Do I want to get married? Or, you know, all of those, those questions 
If you answer those questions before you get into the relationship, then you're now holding that person up against what you've already decided that you want. Does that make sense? Or oh that you God, need? That makes perfect sense. And Absolutely. Then, and that's then it's what I do. And, and it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> and it's, it makes it a lot clearer because if you're just going on the like, oh, I'm connected to this person and we, you know, it's, you know, we have hot sex and I'm like, you know, we're just into each other. You might not pay attention to the fact that, you know, mm. um, there are just basic incompatibilities because the vision or the ability that that part that person has to even be the kind of partner that you want long term, um, you know, like there's this acronym that I I teach my clients, which is ready, able, and willing, and um, so it's raw, R A W, and the ready and the able piece that's independent of any particular person. So. Like, so ready is like, so, you know, we're all heterosexual women on this, in this conversation. This is not to exclude anyone, but just to, this is, I'll just use that framework just because it's easier. Um, so like if you are dating a man, so, so if you're dating for, if you want to, if you know that you want a relationship, you know, you want to commit a relationship and you're dating a man and that man cannot articulate that he's ready for a relationship, not with you specifically, but just in general, if he can't, if he can't articulate that he's ready for a relationship, like you are risking your heart. So the first okay. question is, is he ready? You know, and also, am I ready? Can I articulate that? Cause you need to be ready too. You can't be asking something from someone else that you can't give yourself. Right. So if he can't say I'm ready for a relationship and you want a relationship, then my advice is to stop, <laughs> just stop right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's like, yeah, I'm ready for a relationship, great. Then you go to Abel. And Abel is, okay, can he, is he emotionally available? Is he actually available? You know, is he actually single? Um, is he actually able to, <laughs> you know, this is real, right? Is he actually able to prioritize another person and make space in his life and time for another person? Is he able to risk emotional pain and able to be vulnerable, right? And again, these things are independent of you. These are just like, is that a place where he is in his life? And if he's not, then again, you're really risking your heart if you're going to continue engaging with that person. Um, And then you get to willing. And the willing is that's when it comes about you specifically. And that's what it's like, okay, he is demonstrating that he is willing to invest the time and the energy and the effort into moving things forward and deepening things with you specifically. And so if you are dating somebody who is not all three of those three, not all three of those things, because somebody can be willing, but not be able, right? Someone can be willing because they're into you, but not be ready, right? Or they can be ready and able, but they're just not that into you specifically, right? So it's like, you got to have all three. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you have all three, like this analysis I have found and, you know, my clients have found is like, it eliminates so much confusion, and then you can like stop taking shit personally when it doesn't work out because you're like, he's just not, he just doesn't have any ability to be vulnerable. That's not my fault. <laughs> That's not on me, right? That's where he is. And I don't judge him, but I'm going to move on because I know that I want something deeper. Yes. Bars. Oh my goodness. Bars. Yes. That was the problem with the lackluster ex. Mm. Wait, he was Fran- not, Francesca, are not you in a relationship? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah, you were speaking um, I have some, some questions gems. about that too. Yeah, <laughs> gems. Um, but just real quick, the rest of these on Reddit replies, and this actually really connects to you were mentioning um, next lifetime. What about getting back with an ex after like many years have passed? 
or months? Um, <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all know where I stand on this. Um, I mean, red. I mean, listen, no, I shouldn't say that. Reply. Listen, the, it, it obviously depends. Um, one of the reasons a lot of people get back with their exes is because they just feel like, well, I didn't find anything better. So at least that's, I know that person and it's a comfort thing. Um, and that's not the place to choose a relationship just out of comfort or, um, feeling of like, well, I can't do any better. Um, so that I would say, you know, that's not a great pattern, but sometimes honestly, you need to go through that just so you can be like, oh yeah, (laughs) right. Now I remember now I can stop you know, idealizing that person or that situation, I can now release all of the mental energy that I've been spending That's thinking like, oh my God, maybe did I blow it? Or was he the one? Da, da, da. And then he'd be like, oh no, he wasn't. Now I can move on. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to have that experience. Hopefully you can do that quickly <laughs> and move <laughs> on. So you're not, you know, wasting too, too much time. Um, but sometimes people, it's just a timing issue and people grow mm-hmm. up. I mean, one of the happiest couples I know broke up when they were in college and they got back together, you know, years later and now they've been married for decades and they're like, you know, anybody who sees them together is like those two people were made for each other, you know? So it can happen that it's a really beautiful thing, but it depends on why you broke up and um you know what and what your motivation is for, exactly exactly yeah. love yeah. that i always say that going back with an ex is like putting on a dirty pair of panties um, <laughs> which is a bit dramatic but i'm thinking back to the t- the one time when i did it you know i had an ex and like we were young and then i got back together with him and you made a good point it just taught me that I really don't need to fuck with this nigga because like, what am I doing? He's a clown. So (laughs) I feel like you're right. Maybe you can put on those dirty panties to realize they're uncomfortable. And they itch. Right. You're going to give yourself an infection. You need a new pair. Oh my God. Um, So I'm going to weigh in here because this is my current situation. Mm. Um, And I mean, I'm not back with my ex. It's complicated. We're like talking, but um, (laughs) I can't wait for him to listen to this. (laughs) Um, But I think that something you said that I really like is like growth. And I think that was the biggest thing. And I think we're both of us are still growing, but like there were a lot of times where I was like, oh, am I just doing this because I didn't find someone else? Or, like, I am, like, bored and this feels comfortable. And, like, I had to, like, go back and forth with myself on that. And, like, yes, that was that's probably a factor. Like, because, again, I'm a firm believer that, like, you can meet other people. But I think what I found, I actually wrote about this. I have some, like, dramatic-ass breakup poems that, like, every guy I would sleep with or go out with, I would just think about my ex, like, incessantly like almost to the point where like I'd be sleeping with someone and like close my eyes and like wishing it was my ex like I just like missed him so much and like I felt that like he was the person that I like wanted to be with regardless of everything that happened between us and I think like through me having that understanding and us like retrying I'm starting to learn like yes this is what I want the scary part is like 
is this the right decision? But some advice my sister gave me was like, you guys just need to like re get to know each other, like press reset and like don't put so much pressure on the situation because it's easy to like jump in and be like, okay, like we're back on the marriage track. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's good advice from your sister. I guess, well, why, why did you break up the first time? I mean, maybe that's a really long story, but just if you could... kind of sum it up what was Um, the issue the first time so I'll give you like the like the scenario and then I'll give you like what I think it broke down to in terms of what it means in terms of like communication blah 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 blah. um I moved to San Francisco and he stayed in New York but I think ultimately it was just like a lack of communication and understanding of one another's needs and wants And I think that for me, I have a tendency to just be like, I hear what I want to hear, which is something that he brought up to me recently. And I think for him, it was just like out of fear that I was going to move on. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. through that, like I'm hearing what I want to hear. I think everything's going to be perfect and fine. And he's literally like, I'm living in a fire pit of hell thinking you're going to leave me. It just like blew up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that if you had stayed in New York the first time that you guys would have broken up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I, think, <laughs> right. I think fundamentally there were a lot of things that like we both were not dealing with and yeah. like things that he needed to work out on his own and things that I need to work out on my own. Mm-hmm. So like we've talked about that too. I was like, we would not have stayed together whether I left or didn't. But, but uh, I think that is something that we both had to be like, hmm, yeah, it wasn't just like, Oh, you left, so it ended the end. Yeah. But that was so easy at the time to say. Yeah, yeah, that's a totally easy uh, excuse to point to. Yeah. yeah, and then in retrospect, we had to like literally unpeel every single thing. And now I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'm at the center of this onion, and this is kind of crazy. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess just to like supplement your sister's advice, the other thing I would say is, you know, if you could kind of pinpoint for yourself, not about him, but just about you, like, okay how are the ways that I showed up in the relationship the first time that that weren't ideal, right? Or were maybe, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was, where where was I lacking in vulnerability? Or where was I lacking in authenticity? Or where was I lacking in um, empathy for him or compromise? Or, you know, all of those things and like kind of pinpoint that for yourself. And then if you're going to do it again, then that time, like the next time, don't just fall back into the same pattern. Like the next time be like, okay, you know what? I know that I had a problem where when I was, when something bothered me, I never said anything until it got to a breaking point. And then it was an explosion. It's like a very common thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Francesca, I have a question for you though. Yeah. Um, about the breaking up and like getting back together because I do have friends that do it like they'll break up get back together break up get back together break up get back together and it's like when does that become a very toxic situation yeah I mean if it's happening multiple times I'd say that it's that's a good indication that that's there's something that I mean there like I said there needs to be some growth there needs to be some reason why um you know, like, like, for instance, a couple that I that I mentioned before, the reason that they broke up, he broke up with her because he was like, this is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. But I'm 19. And that feels too scary for me oh, right God. now. I've been broken up for that before. And that pisses me off. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> on like the, and yeah, and so it's heartbreaking to, for that to happen. But you can also look back and be like, 
okay, he knows that he wants, he knows he wants to have a family. He knows he wants to get married, but he's also 19 and he's not ready to commit to that right now. He hasn't even had a real job. He hasn't even had time in the world to see like what he can become. And so, I mean, see, I if under- someone told me that I would cut them off though. Well, she, well, well, she did. I mean, that they broke up. They had no contact with each other for like five years. Because to me, it feels like you're putting me on like a little string. So like, yeah, or like whenever you're oh, ready, totally, totally. Well, you know, I'm just gonna be here. Like, no. Yeah. Oh well, no. That's the thing. It's like so. If somebody breaks up with you, you need to move on with your life. Like, you need to move on with your life. You need to let it go. You don't need to hold out any hope that it's going to come back one day like that. Yeah. If somebody's like, you know, just not now, but, you know, in a year or so, like, no, fuck that. Like, move on with your life. Um, And she did. She moved on with her life. She had another serious relationship. She never thought they were going to get back together. She wasn't holding out any hope for that. So I think that's part of why. So when he came back and he was like, I want to be with you. She was like, mm, uh, he had to really woo her and win her over the second okay, time that. to Great. give her, you know, cause she was like, yeah, I'm not trying to go through this again with you, you know? So, um, but he stepped up and you know, like they've been together for, I mean, I don't know, they're like in their early sixties now. So oh they've God. been together oh for decades. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've got four kids. They're like, you know, so, um, it needs, yeah, if it's just going back and forth, back and forth, then that's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. A couple more. Um, pen pals this. on dating apps. And especially now because we're in the the love and the time of the corona. Yes. I just got on Tinder and I'm talking to like 10 people at a time, which is also like kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm just talking to people. But in general, like doing that back and forth before meeting up. On better reply, um, hard reply, hard reply, hard reply. Yes. So I mean, I don't want like okay in normal times, I don't want you. To, I wouldn't want you to be talking to somebody for weeks before meeting up because if there's enough interest there, and they're actually interested in meeting someone in the real world, because there are plenty of there are plenty of dudes out there who are happy to be your texting boyfriend. They will be your texting boo <laughs> for a year if you let them. Okay, so so you need to see that and and weed those people out quickly, right? Um, But the people who like, if you're like genuinely, um, if you're interested in meeting, I want you to do that sooner rather than later. Now, in the time of Corona, I want you to have virtual dates. And you got to be creative about it. But it's a real thing. I've been, I've had bunch of my clients have been going on virtual dates in the last couple of weeks. And they're actually like, this is actually more fun than I thought it would be. Um, and it's given me a reason to put some makeup on <laughs> in my house. <laughs> and it's, you know, like treating it like a real date. You set a time. You guys can, ha- you can have dinner together over, you know, FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or whatever. You can um, cook a meal together even virtually, oh, you know. Cute. You can have drinks, you can have coffee, you can both, you can take a walk together, you know, together in quotes, virtually you and your place, him and his place, you know what I'm saying? So like there are ways to get creative about it. Um, so I, you can't accidentally like have sex um, and you can't accidentally have sex. So, <laughs> I mean, I actually think that there is a real opportunity now to date in a different way, in a in, in a way that is um, it's a little bit like more of a return to an old fashioned kind of courtship where somebody you have you each have to really invest in getting to know each other 
before having that instant gratification of like, okay, we hooked up, we're you know, we're going out, we're having fun, we're doing drinks, we're da da da, whatever. Now it's like, no, we have to spend time talking and finding out what each other cares about, and that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. not a bad thing. I typically leave that on red because I feel like if I don't make that face to face connection, then I'm just going to like lose interest or just having to be on my phone and texting someone and I don't have that like physical thing to ground me like I can't base it off of like what it felt like to be around them then my motivation to keep talking to them kind of peters out yeah Granted, maybe your the Venus conversation is, is not as interesting Ooh, perhaps <laughs> but um yeah that actually makes me think about something that um you I heard you say in one of your episodes Francesca that like that spark that you have when you meet someone like that's not reliable or yeah. something yeah Maybe you it's say more yeah like it's that. that instant chemistry like that instant physical attraction is is a it's a very unreliable indicator of long-term compatibility hmm. and yeah, everyone knows that because we have all <laughs> we have all had that moment where you're like yes and you just you see him and it's on it is on and popping mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where are they now Right. Okay. Oh, girl. That um, is true. <laughs> so that, and that's part of the problem. And that's part of what's been, that's part of what, um, I mean, online dating has been amazing for so many people, um, you know, particularly for like LGBTQ people. Like it's been, you know, for people who, um, you know, just don't have a lot of interaction and have a lot of opportunity to meet other people. Like it's been an amazing tool and a resource for a lot of people. But the bad part of it is that people are treating it. First of all, you're treating it like people are items in a catalog and not actual human beings. Right. So you're like, Ooh, I can tell in two seconds, every single thing I need to know about you next. Like Mm -hmm. that attitude has spilled over into actual face to face life and dating too, because people, you know, it's like you meet somebody and there's one little thing you don't like about them. You're like, I got a million other people in my pocket. <laughs> so, you know, so it's 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 encourage people to treat others in a, in a way that's a little bit more disposable, mm-hmm. which is obviously not good. But um, um, so and oh, I'm sorry, going back to the chemistry. So when you're, you know, you're tend to swipe and you're looking for that person, you're instantly attracted to like you see the photo, you're like, yes, hot. Yes, I want to bone like that. That's what most people do online. And that's not the right way to use um, dating apps. And you've got to be very intentional about it. And you've got to understand that, yes, like, Lynn, you're right. You're not going to know whether or not you you have a connection with someone that's sustainable until you meet them and you get to know them and you get to know their character and all of that sort of thing. But um, trying to, like, most people overestimate how good they are at deciding really quickly who is and who isn't right for them. Hmm. So you got to give it so, some time. Most people think, oh, I'll know when I know, but it's like, well, let's think about all the times that you quote unquote knew. Did you know? Right. (laughs) Did you? Lackluster. (laughs) 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 See, I would, I feel like I would always leave it on red for the sole fact that, you know what, this is kind of my own fault, but like everyone I've met on a dating app has been purely like a physical situation. Like we've quote unquote dated, like we've gone out, we've had a lot of fun, but it was like very much rooted in like sex and chemistry. 
And like, I do not, I like really doubt that of like the population on apps that there are people, let me not say that. The people that I'm attracted to that I'm swiping on (laughs) are not like, yeah, let's date. They're like, yeah, let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to be intentional about it. And, and, and the, I mean, the great thing about dating apps is that there are people looking for every kind of thing. Like everybody's looking for something. Some people are just looking for a texting buddy. Some people are looking for somebody for tonight. Somebody is looking for a friends with benefits. Somebody is looking for, you know, maybe somebody we can bone tonight. We can bone out maybe in a few, in a few months. <laughs> and some people are looking for relationships and some people are looking for love and some people are looking for, you know, their forever partner. So there's every, every kind of thing that, that people are looking for. And so it's up to you to know what you're looking for. And if you're just looking for to fuck, then great. <laughs> That's really easy, right? Um, but if you're looking for more than that, then you've got to make sure that in your, starting with everything, starting with your profile, you're telling a story that is conducive to that. Like you're telling a story that's that's showing a little bit more vulnerability. It's a lot just like, I'm cute and I'm sexy, which is what a lot of people do online. It's like, they're just trying to have as much mass appeal as possible. Like I want as many people as possible to look at me and be like, oh, she's sexy Mm. or she's right. So if you're looking for a relationship, that's not the way to approach it. And if you're, if you're only swiping right on dudes who are not sharing anything of themselves who aren't actually talking about not that they have to be like i'm looking for my my you know my future wife they don't it doesn't have to even be that deep just even small things like you know if you're swiping on profiles where the dude doesn't say anything about himself or all he says is like this is how tall i am (laughs) right like that person is not looking for a relationship (laughs) (laughs) like he's just not right um if they're not sharing anything of what they care about or anything of who they hope to meet, and it's just about like, um, you know, it's it's more about like that. Look at me, I'm hot, and I'm looking for fun, and I'm looking for this, and I, I'm not. Don't look, you know, don't 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 swipe right if you're this, or don't, you know, all that sort of thing. And those are not good indications that somebody's looking for something serious. So, when you date with more intention and with more um, the strategy that goes behind that, then you will find that there are actually lots of guys out there who are looking for something serious, because there are. Yeah. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, um, speaking of dating, you have a three-step philosophy for no bad dates, for not having any bad dates. So I want to know about that. But also, first off, ladies, can we all share our worst and best dates and speak to like what made it good and what made it terrible. Like I'm trying to think of my my worst date, and this first one that's just coming to my mind right now is this guy that I met on an app, and we've been talking for maybe like two weeks. Um, the conversation was bomb over the app, like so much witty banter. It went all over the place. We we're talking about music and travel and politics and all this stuff, and then we met up in person, and it was immediately awkward. And the com- we talked about travel for like an hour. And every time there would be like a pause, we'd be like, oh, uh, yeah, so where do you want to go to next? Like it was just so dry um, and awkward. And then in the mm-hmm. middle of the date, he was like, oh, 
my roommate is calling me. I forgot I was supposed to help him do something. I got to go. And he just like abruptly <gasps> oh, left. No. Oh, oh, my yikes. God. He was, he, he, that <laughs> and was then he was going out oh. to get his Uber. And then I came out a little bit after. And then both of our Ubers were taking a long time. So we were both just kind of oh, standing gosh. there awkwardly. And oh. then we both left and never spoke again. And I just kept being like, what was wrong? Oh, my God. What oh, my gosh. Thing? Yeah, Ooh, that's trash. a bad one. Wait, yeah, that reminded one. me of my bad date because I was like, I don't know if I have one that I can think of, but I did go on a really bad one that I literally just like suppressed and pretended it never happened. Um, I knew I was like not attracted to this person, but I was just bored. So I went and yeah, it was just not it. He like is really cool, but like, you know, like these like alternative white boys, like they're like, oh you could be kind of cute i gotta see your like swag it was one of those (laughs) situations where like he like kind of had this like skatery nerdy vibe and like works in the cannabis industry but like also like bird watches and we like talked about birds for like way too long (laughs) (laughs) this is Oh god. Really, really, really bad. Oh, yeah, that's god. bad. Yeah. I, I remember my bad one. Um, we went to the standard rooftop, I think, and got really, really drunk. And I remember talking to this really handsome, tall Indian man. And then when I woke up the next day, I get a text and he's like, It was so nice to meet you. Like I really want to take you out. So we're texting, it's great. I go on the date and I hear someone calling my name and I turn around and it's not who I was thinking of at I'm all. Dead. Oh, um, you went out with the wrong guy by accident. I don't even remember this person. <gasps> and oh then he so, he so we're talking and he invited me <laughs> to <laughs> to go to uh, uh, what is it called? Rock climbing. And I'm like, whoa, he's so cool. This is such a cool date. Then he invites me and I. First of all, it's the wrong person, so I'm already pissed. And then second of all, he sees me checking in and does not pay. Now, rock climbing ooh. is like $70 ooh, ooh, just to ooh, go ooh, there. Ooh. And then you have Yikes. to rent all the gear. Nah, I'm like, you invited me here, sir, here. who I don't know. Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> so sir, who I don't know. Wow. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. That is bad. That is bad. <laughs> um I don't even, I, I can't even really think of a really bad date. I mean, honestly, it's been so long since I had, um, okay, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to be able to think of something. Because I think, well, first of all, I used to be, a t- I'm, first of all, I'm a lot older than you ladies. So um, I used to be a terrible dater. So I had a lot of just like awkward dates or dates where I would say like on the date, like this isn't going to work out. And then <laughs> sitting there and I'd be like, this isn't going to work out. So I just want to like put that out there and then get into some debate with some guy who's now like totally offended that I just told him that I don't want to see him. Wait, you would literally me. say that to the person? Yes. I oh. would literally say that. Because I think, I just thought like, oh, I don't want to waste anyone's time. Like, let's just be straightforward. But that's not really a graceful way to handle it. I learned um, after like arguing with men, <laughs> like... 
over coffee because they're like, they're like, what? Like, and you know, they get offended. <laughs> Who knew you'd get offended Those if somebody just looks egos, at you and is like, yeah, this isn't going to yeah. work out. I don't want to see you again. Like, let's wrap this up. Um, so I guess I have been a really bad date <laughs> at oh times in the past. <laughs> um, what about but, good dates? Oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, good dates. Uh, oh, well, the, the actually, this is very easy. The best date I ever had. And um don't tell my boyfriend this, even though I would tell him this, he wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> the, is uh, I, I met a guy online, um, and this is when I was still living in New York, and he lived in London, and he flew me to London for our first date. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's the kind of dates I like. <laughs> and he flew me to London. He put me up in like a really nice hotel. And he was like, you know, I want you to feel comfortable, like no pressure and all all this. And um, I, so I went to, it was like, like a long weekend and we had the most magical weekend. It was like, I mean, the weather was perfect. We just ate like amazing food and we just like, it was just like the most magical you know, I slept with him the first night I got there. You know, he's like, I don't want to pressure you. I was I mean, like, okay, well, I'm going to pressure you. Yeah, it's going down. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm in London. Me out. Um, so that was, so that weekend was just magical. And I'll never forget that weekend. Um, we actually dated for a while and he came to New York a few times and all that, but it didn't ultimately work out. But I'll never forget that first weekend and this the did best it, first date ever. How did that not work out? Like what happened? <laughs> Um, well, well, for one thing, I think because it started in this very like fantastical way that our association with being together was like, we're basically just like on vacation, you know, like, Mm. and so when it got a little bit more real world and day to day, then it just was not. It was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, are we like, are we going to fly somewhere and do something amazing? Oh my God. <laughs> like, I've been did. there so many times, vacation ships. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it just fizzled out. But, um, but you know, whatever, he's very happy. He's like with somebody now they have a kid. He's, you know, I wish him well, but um, wow. easy first, easy, best first date. Wait, Whoa. speaking of that, and I know we still have to go through our best dates, but do you think you can find love on vacation? I'm thinking like Stella got her groove back. It is. Yes. It is so funny you say that because I actually plan on recording an episode of my podcast about this because I personally know three people. I have three friends who met their husbands while they're on vacation. So, yes. It's possible. And so I'm interviewing all of them from my podcast because um, one of them met her husband in Ibiza, like partying. Right. Oh my uh, God, going hard. <laughs> going hard. No one's looking for love there. Um, yep, and he's from England and she's from New York. And uh, now they live in New York and they have a kid. Actually, I officiated their wedding. Um, oh my and, God, <laughs> Yeah. And um, I have another friend who lived in New York and met her husband while she was in London. And he, that's where he lived. And now they live in New York and they have two kids. And I have another friend who also lives in New York who met her husband um, while she was on a work trip in Portugal, where he's from. And now he lives in New York and they also have two kids. So yes, oh it can goodness. happen. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so no bad dates is one of my philosophies and what it means and the way that it works is number one is selection, date selection, because a lot of the times when you think about, um, what makes a date bad or why you have an experience of a bad date, it's because you're just with somebody who is just so fundamentally off base, (laughs) um, and, from what you're looking for and maybe somebody who's like not respectful or just things like that. So just being very intentional when you are even deciding who you're going to go out with and making sure that you're choosing wisely. Um, so that's the first step. Um, then also when you're on the date, understanding that you are a co-creator. So everything from the kinds of conversations that you have, a lot of people go on dates, um, especially like first dates with people, if you're meeting them online and you just kind of sit there and you talk about like where you grew up and where you went to school and your job. And it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with that conversation. It's just that it's boring (laughs) and you guys have had that conversation many times before. Mm -hmm. So taking responsibility, like don't let somebody sit there and talk about their accounting job for half an hour. Like if like, don't, don't let that happen, (laughs) like take more control. So you can always like, just learn how to pivot and just say like, Oh, okay, well, what do you love about your job? Or if you could do anything in the world and get paid, you know, $10 million a year to do it, what would that be? And that just, gives you an opportunity to learn something more significant about someone and have a more interesting conversation. So if you need to go into a date prepared with, okay, here are some, you know, different questions I can ask. I'm a big fan of hypothetical questions. I can ask them all day. Um, I will, I will totally ask strangers. And when I was still single and dating, I would totally on dates ask things like, would you rather have your own private plane or your own private island? And just asking somebody that question, they're like, first of all, they're like, you're weird. So I am a little weird. So now you're either like, you're seeing my weirdness and you're appreciating it or not. (laughs) Right. Um, And, and which I want to know, I'm like, do you like, I, I only wanted people who were down with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of times we go on dates, we're trying to be very generic and very like. Oh, like I want to have this massive heel. It's like, no, you don't need massive heel. You know, you're not trying to be, you're not compatible with everybody. You're not looking for everybody. You're looking for the person who's right for you. So, you know, having a little bit more intention about like, I'm going to bring something of myself here and I'm going to try to learn something of this other person, which is the other piece of it, which is about being intentional. So being, having, setting an intention for yourself going into a date And because usually I think most people would consider success on a date, like we're really attracted to each other and we want to see each other again. And if, and then if you don't have that, like you don't have that instant chemistry, then it feels like a waste of time or it feels like a bad date. But if you have an intention that you can always fulfill, so for instance, depending on where you are in your love journey, maybe you have an intent, you set an intention of, I'm going to be very authentic on this date. I'm just going to do my best to be very authentic. Maybe that's your intention for the date. And regardless of what happens, and if you ever see each other again, you can fulfill that every single time. Do you know what I'm saying? You can be successful in that. Or maybe your intention is, I'm going to see if I can spark a connection with this other person. And again, like if you have that intention, then you're going to be present on the date in a different way. You're going to be um, attentive to your date in a different way. You're going to be more able to, you know, um, show something of yourself in a different way. So 
setting an intention that you can fulfill is a big piece of it. And then the last piece, the number, the fourth thing is just to make sure that you're dating in a way that feels good for you. And so what I mean by that is say like in normal times, um, like Lynn, you mentioned that you are, have like 10 different guys that you're text, like that you're chatting mm-hmm. with on Tinder. If that feels too overwhelming, don't chat with that many people at once. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just make a couple of matches and then stop. You can make a couple of matches and then just see like, okay, let me see like if, do I actually want to go on a date with either of these guys? If so, let me go hurry up and like make that happen, (laughs) you know, so I can see. And then you go on those dates and then you see like, okay, maybe yes, maybe no. And then you can keep going, right? Um, Or if you're going on dates like five times a week and that's, and you're burnt out, don't go on that many dates, you know? Um, or if you're going on dates after work and you know that after work, you're going to be frazzled and you're going to be tired and you're just going to be like eager to get home. Don't schedule dates after work. So taking responsibility for like, okay, what do I need to do to support myself so that I'm showing up on the date and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited to be there. I'm feeling rested. I'm not feeling frazzled. Um, all of those things are within your control. And the more you do that, the the more you will have good dates. Yes. No bad dates. Yes. No, no bad, bad dates. dates. <laughs> <laughs> no bad dates and rejection isn't real. Those are my mantras. <laughs> so, <laughs> What do you no mean rejection dates. isn't real? Yeah, I was like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean that rejection is, rejection, to decide that um, a romantic disappointment is rejection is to tell yourself a story that there was something lacking in you. That the person was like, "Mm, I don't like her because she's this, right? And so by, by framing it as rejection, then you are, you are reinforcing a story that there was, that that they have found you personally lacking. And the reality is that there could be so many reasons that a person doesn't want to date you that have nothing to do with you, <laughs> that it's just like, it's a waste of your energy to, to, um, to label it as rejection. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That makes complete sense. So yeah. like, why, why, like, why does that to be rejection? It's just be like, we weren't a match. That's it. Period. Yeah, like I try to, it, to the next. you know, rejection is so mm-hmm. emotionally loaded that it just makes you feel really shitty. So like why choose a story yeah. that's going to make you feel really shitty? The reason that somebody might break up with you or might not want to date you would be like she's really dope and I don't deserve her. If somebody feels that way, then he's doing you a favor. So So when someone says it's right. not you, it's me, it's not always bullshit. It's not. Well, it's always about it's always about us. It's always about, you know, from your, everybody's the hero of their own story. Everyone's coming to every situation. Even as somebody like, look, I am a five foot 11 dark skinned black woman with no hair. Okay. So even if a man were to be like, ew, I'm never like, ew, she's, she's too tall. She's too dark. She doesn't have any hair. Like that's still about him. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. That's his issue. Mm-hmm. That's his issue. That's his opinion. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to be with somebody who is not attracted to me. So what do I care? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it might sting in that moment, but then it's ultimately like, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, this is who I am. So why would I waste my energy feeling that I'm lacking in some way based on someone else's opinion, do you know, of what's attractive? Completely. So it's always about the other person. It's never about you. Just like for you, it's always about, about you. you. 
Yes. It's always about you. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> we must do a part two. <laughs> um, okay, so Shadi and Chelsea, what were your best dates? Well, 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 well. <laughs> um, my best date was with my sort of ex. <laughs> What am I going to call this man? <laughs> Anyways, um, my best date was with him. Um, we met at um, a music festival and I was super drunk. And I, I don't, actually don't know when I had shared that I studied abroad in Argentina, but like we had like talked about it and I was like, yeah, I love it. I love the food and I love the wine. So for our first date, he took me to like an Argentinian restaurant, which I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking thoughtful. I love when people like, Listen love that <laughs> and like I was so nervous like the first like 10 minutes I like literally came in late because I was like pacing around the block because I was so excited and like so so nervous and I didn't know what was going to happen and then I got there and like literally like nerves completely shut down it was so easy it was so easy to talk to him we had so much fun and just like stayed there for hours and hours and hours just like talking and drinking and laughing and I was like oh my god this is like a really good date it wasn't even anything like super special in terms of like an activity or something I think it was just like when like that chemistry and like banter is bouncing off of one another you're like your body's like warm I don't know if that's the spark thing that's mm. bad <laughs> <laughs> No, to, to be clear, it's not that the spark is bad. I mean, the spark is magical. It feels amazing. It's just, it doesn't mean that this is the one, that guy is the one. It doesn't mean that this is gonna, that you're compatible in the long term. That's all I meant. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's the spark feeling? I don't know. But, but then like, um, and it's actually funny. It ended with us like, like kind of kissing and it was like a terrible kiss. It was so bad. We laugh about it to this day because I think we both were just like very kind of nervous about it. But um, needless to say, it ended in more first dates. So, Kiki, sweet. <laughs> what about you, Chelsea? Do we have to say like our best first date or best date? Because I feel like I'm in like a stage where we like are still dating all the time um and i feel like i don't know there's so many like i think anything that's a surprise i like had no idea it was coming is a really nice date um i feel like i think one of my like most exciting dates though was the one that i planned since he tends to plan most of the dates and i planned this like date where we went to Chelsea Piers and went to the batting cages and then went to That's Italian. Fun. And it was just like, I don't know, it was childish, but like really fun. And I planned it, which I never do. That's not childish. I love yeah, that. That's, that was an activity. That's playful. That's amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. playful. Yeah. 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 Playful is great for a date, for a Definitely. first date. Or well, it's not a first date for you, but for a first date, it's especially not rock climbing with the not wrong guy. Not rock climbing. <laughs> it costs you like a hundred bucks. <laughs> that's but hilarious. That's, but playful dates are are amazing. But I will say, like, and he's now here, so <laughs> I'm like talking as he's trying to cook. Uh, 
I think being in a relationship where you're dating all the time, I think sometimes I do get worried, like, is that going to change? Or is that, you know, can you grow into a long-term relationship and continue to date like we date? Yes, you can, but you have to make an effort. Because if you, um, once you get into routines and you guys, well, you're, are you, do you live together normally? Or are you yeah, we quarantined? Live you live together. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just once you get into a routine, um, as time goes on and life is busy, it's easy to stop putting in that kind of effort to plan those dates and to do novel things. Um, but as long as you make an effort to do that, then yeah, you should be dating for, you know, the whole of your relationship. I mean, that's part of what keeps it fresh and exciting. And yeah, it's so fun. And helps you guys like stay like connected to each other. And you never want your relationship to just feel like like drudgery. Like, here we go again. <laughs> all the same old things. Like we always need novelty and novelty doesn't have to be new people. It's just new experiences, varied experiences with the same people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of my best date. I'm going to mention a a really good date that I've had recently because I have questions. Um, (laughs) (gasps) Is this who I think it is? Mm -hmm, Girl. So I met this guy at a friend's like brunch and he's a photographer and he was like documenting the party. So he kept taking pictures of me when I was in different places and I could like feel his lens on me and it was kind of like interesting. And then I was sitting on my own and he came over and we just talked and talked and talked forever and it was so easy. And then at one point he was like, can I make a portrait of you? And then he like sat me in this like window with all these plants. And I told him that I had this podcast and then I was going to be interviewing this, um, photographer soon so I was like you should come through let me get your number and of course he puts his number in my phone and calls himself so I was like oh okay (laughs) you want my information um and we were just texting randomly because he sent me the photos he took of me and oh actually and he he drives so like he drove me home that that from that brunch and we're like listening to music and it was just a vibe and this was like on the heels of this really messy thing with the lackluster ex and I was like you know what I'm just gonna ask him to hang out so I was like we should chill let's go to this photo show and so one I kind of I guess asked him out kind of and I said hang out so I wasn't sure even if we were on a date so I get to this photo show and I bought my own ticket because I got there before him and then when he came he went to buy like two tickets and then I was like oh I actually already have mine so I think I'm, I'm going to tell the story so that I can, again, ask some questions. Like, I didn't know it, that it was a date. So, like, how do you know if it is a date? And then, like, should I have waited to let him pay? Because Chelsea and Shade are always, like, saying that the guy should pay for everything. But technically, I, like, <laughs> asked him. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's convoluted. But I didn't know if it was a date. Should you just yeah. assume that it's a date? Um, I think this, this is my opinion about this is that in general, heterosexual men and women do not go out of their way to get to know each other unless there is romantic interest. And thank you. Okay. And thank so, you. <laughs> I mean, of course, like, you know, there are exceptions to that. Like maybe if you like work together or you're, you know, like there's some other reason that you're kind of like forced to get to know each other and then you just become friends, but you just meet a guy and he does like, you know, 
um, Titanic, you know, Jack and Rose style, like wants to take your portrait and like, and, um, you know, like that, yes, that I think that situation is very clear that there is romantic interest. Um, so yeah, that was, that was clearly a date. I think that in terms of the buying the, the ticket situation, what I would advise is uh, I don't totally agree that, um, the guy should pay for everything. I think that it's when you go on a date, you should be prepared to pay for yourself. Like you should be prepared to pay for yourself. But um, obviously if he is, if he's going to pay for you, then you should definitely accept that, you know, gratefully. Um, so I would say in that situation, what I would have done if I were you is I would have waited before I got a ticket. Mm, like if I got in there I early. Be presumptuous. No, but yeah, it's not presumptuous. I just would like would have waited outside. And I mean, it, like if you even if you were just like going with a girlfriend, you might wait. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Like, what's the hurry to get a ticket beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God, you're right. That was probably my anxiousness. <laughs> um, but then yeah. after that, it's so probably we go, just because we you were in your head. Yeah, completely. And I was like, I'm yeah. just not going to assume I'm just going to get my ticket first. So like right. that you're was kind of like a little yourself. moment. Completely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we went to this really cool show by this artist named Tyler Mitchell and it was like a kind of like interactive show and it was just a lot of fun. Again, conversations flowing. We went out for drinks at Soho House and he had never been there before. So he was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, you got to Again, look so cool. I got to look so cool. <laughs> um I mean you are so cool, but <laughs> Well, thank you, girl. Um and we each only had like one drink each, so when the check came around I was like, I'll just put it on my card because they already had my like member card or whatever. And he was like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I got dinner. So then we were in the city. We drove back to Brooklyn to go to this like Senegalese restaurant. And again, it was just mad fun. God, it was so hilarious. Like it was just bomb. Um, and we were it was at the point where we were in the restaurant. It was granted like a slow night, but like it, it felt like they were ready to leave and we were still there. And then I was like, all right, you ready to go? And like he drives me home and then we're sitting in front of my apartment still talking for like a while. And I'm like, okay, so maybe this is kind of a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you realize it's a date, right? At this point, I realize it's a date. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know if she did. I really don't know if she did still because wait until the end. Right, right. And also after we paid for the dinner and we both ordered like dessert, we ordered ice cream and they brought it out in one dish with two spoons. And I was oh like, gosh, is, here she goes. This is very assumptive of this restaurant too. Also like, I maybe I don't like to share off of the same plate with people. I don't know. I thought that that was just bizarre. I really found that strange. Um, and then anyway, so we're getting ready to, like I'm going to get out of his car and leave. And then, then I'm like, okay, well, this was really great. And I just like patted him on the knee and like mm. lifted up all, like I was carrying thousands of things. And I like, Went in my house. Is that just because you were, I mean, are you just awkward on dates? (laughs) No, I didn't feel like it was like a time to like kiss him. I could have definitely given him a hug, but I had like all this shit on my lap. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And he definitely like looked at my hand on his knee. It was like a moment. I mean, and then well, if he wants it, then he could have also acted too, right? Well, I, I think you friend zoned him there. Fuck. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't expect. Okay, so th- this so this kind of goes back to like no bad dates, and part of it is we you have to understand that um, 
you're always co-creating, right? Like you're co-creating all of your relationships. You're co on that date. You're co-creating a dynamic. And I think, I mean, not to, I don't want to like, try, I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but just as a coach who works with people on this very thing, it sounds to me, would you like my opinion, my opinion as Absolutely. a coach? Okay. Absolutely. So it just, it just sounds to me like, you really liked this guy and it just triggered a lot of insecurity in you. And so you were clearly, because even like, let's say it wasn't a quote unquote date at some point, you, you know, forget about the word date. You are having a dynamic where the two of you are vibing and enjoying each other's company and, and spending all of this time together. Like, even if it wasn't a quote unquote date, which it was, but even if it wasn't, like, even if you take that framework <laughs> away, like, there's still an opportunity there. Like, there's still interest there. Like, at that point, like, you, the, the two of you have a connection that is not just platonic because you don't know each other like that. Like, it's not, you know, like, mm -hmm. you wouldn't, if you weren't attracted to each other, you wouldn't have been in that situation for hours okay. and hours. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that because you were still in your head feeling this, like, this self-consciousness about like, well, you know, I asked him and I don't know if it's a date and I don't want to be presumptuous. And, you know, there's just, it's just a, it's what it sounds to me is like, there was just a fear of some vulnerability. And so as a way of protecting yourself, you were just like, okay, I'm just going to like put my hand on his, on his knee and be like, okay, bye. Because you're telling yourself, <laughs> well, I have all these things in my hand and it would be too awkward. But the reality is like, you just hadn't, you just hadn't been able to embrace the fact that you and this man had a connection and that there was and that um and that he liked you basically i can't, yeah but i also I think it also goes back to, oh i'm sorry glenn well just real quick i think i was also maybe waiting for this like spark thing because i was like god i have no desire to kiss this man right now like i think he's really attractive but i'm not feeling like an attraction but also that could have been me in my head as well um yeah, yeah. Do you do see him as a friend or you want something with him? i don't know because now it, it goes it has since turned into a whole other thing because of the rona and we've been texting a lot um, and I told him that I, this is like going to sound embarrassing. This is some corny ass game I tried to run. But first of all, when I got back in my house and I realized that I had only patted him on the knee, then I was like, I had such a, I texted him like, I had such a great time tonight. I would love to do it again with like some little hearts. And like, he sent some hearts back and was like, we definitely will. So I was like, okay, maybe I kind of saved it. I don't know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but then I had this like tarot reading recently and he and I have, all, we're having all these conversations about like tarot and like religion and astrology and stuff. And he was asking me about my reading and I was like, yeah, low key, I might've asked about you. Like what's good with this like fine ass dude with locks I just met. And he was like, oh, well, I'm not really like looking for a relationship right now. Mm, and then mm -hmm. I was like, Lord. Yeah. So why did we go out? <laughs> what the fuck? Because. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Well, you know what? This It took me a very long time to learn this lesson that a man can be attracted to you. He can really enjoy your company and um, still not want to date you. Like still just not want to be with you, you know? And um, that can feel really frustrating, but he's clearly attracted to you. Um, but I guess, so when you say that you didn't want to kiss him, I mean, are you attracted to him? Yeah, I am. I mean, I find him attractive. Yeah. yeah so sometimes, 
I, I, I know my, I, I have a friend who gave a friend whose mother gave me this advice. Like, I don't know, probably when I was way too young for a parent to say something like this to me, but <laughs> she said, she said, you can never really know if you're attracted to a man until you kiss him. Mm, and I, I like always, that. And I, and I kind of, at the time, I think I was like, I mean, I was like very young when she said that and I was like, ew, gross. Like, I don't want to like have to kiss guys I don't find attractive to determine. <laughs> um, but I actually do think like there is truth to that. And I have had a couple of instances in my life where there was a guy who like, you know, I was hanging out with or went out on a date with or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this guy. And then he kissed me and I, and totally turned me out. Like that has definitely happened. <laughs> Um, and also the opposite has happened where it's like, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. And then he kisses me and I'm like, I never want to do that again, that I'm disturbed <laughs> by how bad that kiss was. Um, so, um, I think, you know, I would just have a challenge for you, Glenn, like not even just about this guy, but just in general to, um, just embrace and experiment with being a little bit more bold and, mm. And just like, you know, I don't know, like the next time you find yourself in a situation like that, like just kiss him. Just cause. Yeah. Just kiss him. <laughs> oh my God. And it doesn't so have to crazy. be like, you don't have to like tongue him down. You could just like, just say like, you know, I had such a great time and just lean in and just like give him a little sweet smooch. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop. Ah. <laughs> I think you need to finally watch Brene Brown. Yeah. All you have is time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, be a little vulnerable and, like, get comfortable because I feel like, I'm, I'm not saying this about you, but I feel like in general people are really scared of rejection. And, yes. like, that could also be something you're both doing with this, like, I don't want to date. Slash, I don't think you want to date anyone seriously either. So I think you guys mm-hmm. can just, like, get to know one another and, yeah. like, right. don't have to put something on it. Right. It could just I was be a so good, surprised he a said good that. experiment for you. Exactly. Like, I was like, whoa, relationship. Nobody said that. Um, but we're supposed to have a virtual happy hour at some point. And okay. he's also been, like, we've been talking about working on some creative projects together, which I think will take it to another kind of lane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. The only thing I would just say is just be careful because, you know, when, like I was saying with the ready, able, willing um, thing, like he's telling you right now he's not ready for a relationship so exactly. he's not right it's true. <laughs> okay so it's true. um if you can compartmentalize and really understand that and if you're not looking for a relationship right now either then okay that's fine but just you gotta be honest with yourself like okay if i do continue to get to know this guy and like him more is this gonna be is this gonna wind up hurting me mm, facts so i am I keeping that in mind about mm-hmm. that yeah. Because speaking of Brene Brown, she has this whole thing where she's basically like, you can't really find love and like happiness, honestly, unless you're like vulnerable first. And like, yes. that's the bravest thing you can do. Totally agree. And everybody should read her book, Daring Greatly. Everyone should read that book. But then at mm-hmm. what point do you become like a glutton for punishment? Like, at what point do you say, I'm not going to be vulnerable with this person who is like, just gonna like shit on me you know yep so the reason that i love that book love daring greatly is because the true vulnerability is when you're being vulnerable with somebody who can accept that vulnerability and return it who can meet you there 
Okay. So if you are being vulnerable with someone who is who is not reciprocating that vulnerability, that is not true vulnerability, and that is when you are just that is when you're just um, you are punishing yourself. Okay. So yeah. No, if anybody is shitting on you in any way, I don't like. Don't fuck with that. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not. We're not. That's not. No, no, that's not okay ever. Um, but even people who aren't shitting on you, but they're just, they just are, are not able to be vulnerable, which is a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. a lot of men, because you know men get a lot of messaging their whole lives. Literally, they're allowed to be vulnerable until they're like five, and then it's like. Psh, suck it up, be a big right. boy, no tears, no da-da-da, you know? So um, there's a lot that guys have to overcome. So it, it takes real strength and real courage for anyone to be able to be truly vulnerable. Um, but the more you work on your own vulnerability, the easier it is for you to know very, very quickly who is and who isn't capable of meeting you there. Okay, I have a question about that too. This is so nice. I feel like our conversations, like all of our thoughts are seamlessly like blending into things. <laughs> yes, like, mind melt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because to that same like point, so something that I find myself doing a lot is being a little bit more like, I guess understanding or compromising more for my partner because I just am aware of like, his issues and like I have my own challenges with vulnerability sometimes I think he's like too vulnerable and like very like emotional and has a lot going on so then I find that I'll be like oh well this is annoying to me but I understand because of x or like this is irritating but I understand because of y and I try to like compromise and do the push and pull but then it's like when is that too much Mm, yeah well I think first of all there is no perfection okay so there is no perfect person there is no perfect vulnerability there's no um I I'm my highest self in every single moment in every single situation so I think just having an awareness like paying attention to those moments when he's when he's being vulnerable and you feel yourself pulling back and which is a very common thing to do just notice it and be like hmm i'm kind of shutting down right now like what's that about i'm all about being very curious about your reactions to things because when you're curious about it you're not judging it and when you're curious about it you start to open yourself up to a different possibility so maybe you know the next time you're in a situation like that if you kind of just like hmm i feel i'm i'm there's something in me i'm kind of shutting down right now like i wonder why i'm doing that do i want to do that what would happen if I didn't? What if? What would happen if I actually said the thing to him right now that I am really feeling? And just start to kind of gently train yourself to be more aware and to push yourself a little bit more to be more vulnerable in those moments when you, when that feels a little bit more challenging. Yeah, that- I, I definitely find that it like also falls back on me because then I'm like... Oh, oh my god is he gonna freak out and then like half the time I do it and he's like okay and I'm like oh my god I just worked myself up about this for like half an hour yeah yeah we all do that I mean it's very I mean I I'm the same way I mean I have my moments where I'm like and I kind of have to like you know give myself a little I call like coaching myself and I'm like okay Francesca <laughs> like just say the thing that you're thinking that you feel too scared to say right now 
and I take a deep breath and then I do it and then it's fine, you know? And I, my, my boyfriend is amazing and he can totally meet me there and he doesn't get freaked out. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, right, that's right. I chose the right partner. Like, I don't know why I'm still on this, like, you know, um, on this like kind of like fearful thing, but that's just part of being human is having fear of having fear of being vulnerable. So, um, you know, there's no perfection. Just be gentle with yourself. The most, the, the most important step in loving yourself is, is learning to be compassionate towards yourself. Mm. So I'm all that. about self-compassion. Just give yourself a break. You're figuring it out. It's okay. <laughs> um, so you all mentioned Brene Brown earlier, um, but there's also this book by Bell Hooks called All About Love. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's been like haunting me because I've had it for the longest, never read it. And then now I keep seeing it everywhere. And in it, Bell Hooks says that love is a noun. It's not a noun. It's a verb. Yes. And Chelsea oh, loves I saying say that too. Thing all the time. Yes. <laughs> and she quotes someone named M. Scott Peck and says that love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth, which mm-hmm. actually connects really well to what you were just saying about um, being compassionate and being patient with yourself and being like kind to yourself and I guess in turn doing that for someone else. And yes. I think that quote is really interesting because it also recognizes that like as a partner you are an individual and your partner is an individual too so like you're supporting their own individual like journey I guess but I was curious as a person who works in love like how do you define love can it even be defined we've talked about this on the show before like how do you know that it's love or that you're in love and it like gets my mind like tangled up um Mm -hmm. so anyway thoughts yeah Um, so I, well, first of all, I totally agree that love is a verb. I mean, it's also a feeling, but it's also a verb. So it's an action. Um, I, I think having a definition of romantic love is a lot more challenging. Um, I have a definition of self-love, which I think the more that you work on actively loving yourself, like making the choice to love yourself, even if you don't hundred percent feel it, um, the more the easier it is to understand what it what it means to love another person so um so i just very quickly i break self-love down into five elements number one is self-compassion which is just that ability like you know to have compassion towards yourself release the judgment give yourself a break right that is an act of love towards yourself and the more compassionate you're able to be towards yourself the more compassionate you're able to be towards other people which is love right um, and then self-worth and self-worth. This is the big one. This is the one that's really about the belief that you are truly worthy of having love and respect and connection and intimacy and purpose and all of the heart-centered desires that we all have as humans. And the more that you can go deep into believing that you're truly worthy, the more you will see other people's worthiness and be able to love other people really for who they are. Um, and then self-validation, which is just the ability to give yourself credit where credit is due, recognize the things that you're doing well, not perfectly, because it's not about perfection, but at least to understand like, oh, yes, like I, this may be hard for me, but I'm trying, giving yourself that credit. 
And again, the more you're able to do that for yourself, the more you're able to do that for other people, which is, you know, an act of love towards you and towards others. Um, and then self-care and self-care, I just, I um, describe that as a really two-step process, which is first asking like, how do I want to feel um, in any given situation, whether it's like, how do I want to feel my relationship? How do I want to feel when I wake up in the morning? How do I want to feel when I go on a date? Whatever it is. And then asking yourself, okay, what are the actions that I can start to take to support myself in feeling that way? Um, and the more, again, you're able to do that for yourself, the more you're able to do that for other people and take actions that support them. Um, and then self-gratitude, which is really the ability to be grateful for the person that you are and understand that you're not an accident, that everything that you perceive as being um, you know, a shortcoming or whatever inside of you is not, it's all on purpose and that there is that you get to be you on this planet and that is a gift and the more you're able to cultivate that belief and that practice of being grateful for the person you are the more you're able to see that and cultivate that in other people so um i think that you know for me i it always comes back to self-love and as a way to not only make your own life better but to make your relationships deeper and then it just becomes easy it comes a lot easier um, if you believe you're worthy, then you're not going to be attracted to people who don't agree, <laughs> right? Um, if you believe you're worthy of respect and of love, then you're not going to be attracted to people who don't respect you and don't love you. And it just makes it a lot clearer. I, hmm. am I love that. Obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think there's a difference between, you mentioned this a little bit about the, de the definition around romantic love, but there's this guy that I'm seeing who's, who has told me like he loves me he loves me loves me blah 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 but he doesn't believe in the distinction between being in love and loving someone mm -hmm. i don't know so mm -hmm. like do you think that there's a difference because you also use yes. the term of like falling in love so what does it yes. mean yeah yeah there's there, there yes there definitely is a difference um however um i think you know again this is like we could talk about this for i could talk about this like all day because it is this is like a question a philosophical question for the ages but i guess i would say the the main difference between um loving someone and being in love with someone is um first of all there is romantic just attraction right um and there is also um, chemistry, which may not be the instant chemistry, but if you aren't able to create that chemistry um, in your relationship, then it's just going to feel really platonic, and that's not that's not being in love. Um, and uh, and then also it's like an intention and a choice, like we were saying before. Like I am going to invest my time and my energy in deepening this connection with this person i'm going to invest my time and my energy in having intimacy with this person both like physically and on um, and emotionally um and it's just a different feeling i think that's anybody who's ever um been in love i think you know it's very clear it's like i don't i know it when i feel it you know um so yes, there is a difference between loving someone and being in love. But if you are quote unquote saying that you're in love with someone and you're not treating them with love, then that's not going to work either. So um, mm. in terms yeah. of in terms of actually, because there are lots of people, and you know, like 
there are tons of people in horribly abusive relationships where the abuser is like, I love you, I love you, I love you, right? It's like, well, even if that person has deluded themselves into saying that I'm in love with this person, like they're not treating you with that love, then it doesn't count, right? So the action is where it really, really matters. And the feelings, um, you know, they're either going to catch up with that action or they're not. And if it's, if it's not meant to be. That makes me think of the Lauren Hill interlude on Miseducation where the girl's like, he's with his boys and then he's acting like he don't like you. Like, that's not love. Love wouldn't uh-huh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I true. Love, love would not do that. Love would not do that. He might honestly feel that he loves you, but, you know, people have, people have, um, they mistake love with all sorts of things, you know? They, yep. they think that attraction is love. They think that attachment is love. Um, they think that codependency is love. Um, but, you know, true love is about seeing someone for who they really are, loving them for who they really are, and um, accepting them and not trying to control them, you know? Like that, yes. that whole cliche of... If you love someone, you know, set them free. Like, it's true. Because if you truly love someone, then you're willing, you respect them enough to not try to control them. Mm-hmm. And if that means that they need to leave you, then not that it doesn't hurt, but that you respect them enough to let them do that. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's all so real. Do you think that you have to be in love with a partner to have a like a lasting relationship or I mean, because we had a conversation yeah, before about passion versus stability and can yeah. can you feel like stable with someone and then that can just be a successful relationship yeah i mean it depends on what you want i mean there's there's certainly a lot of people who are um content with the companionship of being in a long-term relationship and they're not as focused on having on being in love and having that feeling of being in love. But the feeling of being in love is something that you have to be willing to invest in over time. Because, um, you know, just what's just happening in your brain, like the chemistry that's happening that when you're falling in love with someone um, is not something that is sustainable over time unless you cultivate it. So like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we were saying before, like things like having novelty in your relationship and, continuing to invest in, you know, okay, we're going to make an effort and take the time to go on dates. We're going to take the time to, you know, make sure that we're not having the same sex over and over and over again, because over time, like, you know, that, that can just turn into, um, just a feeling of like, uh, it's too comfortable. (laughs) Like you want to be really, really comfortable, but you don't want to be so comfortable, but now that you're no longer investing in each other. Um, So yes, I think that if you are a person who knows that you want to, you have that intention of keeping your relationship from that, in that place of being very connected, then it's going to take an effort over time. But some people are like, I don't care if we don't have sex. I don't Mm. care if we, you know, as long as, you've got to know yourself. I mean, I have a very good friend for her. Her main thing is that she just wanted a man who she knew would never leave her and she got it. And you know, she doesn't have a lot of passion in her relationship. I don't think that they would consider themselves to be like in love anymore, but her priority was to have a companion who she knew would never leave. 
and that's mm. what she got. So mm. you got to know what you want. You got to know what's most important to you, and um, and then you got to know how to spot it. Wow. I don't know why that sounded so scary to me. It sounds really scary to me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like what if one day you want to leave and like well, they'll never leave you alone? That's scary. It's it's um yeah. It's not for me, <laughs> but no judgments, you know. Right. Everyone's on their own journey, and everyone has their own, you know, beliefs, experiences, trauma, things that they grew up with. And it's like, you know, if you grew up with being left a lot, and then that becomes the priority in your life that no one's going to leave me again. I mean, you know, who are yeah. we to judge that? It's just a matter of choosing for yourself, you know, what you, what it is that you want. Yeah, Absolutely. you're right. I'm I'm thinking about like when I used to read Seventeen magazine or Sneaker Cosmo, and it was like how to make a guy fall in love with you. And I have friends who are like <laughs> I never hate in that shit. <laughs> and I have friends who are always in relationships. Mm-hmm. So are there certain things about people that like it just makes you fall in love with them, or like is there a way to make someone just fall in love with you? Um, there's no way to make anybody do anything. I mean, no one does any, everything is a choice. Even if I put a gun to your head and say like, oh, pick up that can, <laughs> you still have a choice, right? So, and, and you certainly can't force people to feel a certain way about you, though certainly lots of people try. But that, again, that's not love, that's manipulation, that's control. Um, and unfortunately, that is how a lot of people approach romantic relationships is from that place of manipulation. Um, but if you give that, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're co-creating. That's the kind of relationship you're co-creating, where you're playing games with each other and you're manipulating each other. Um, but that's a little bit of a separate issue than the people who are always in relationships versus um, people who aren't. Sometimes people are always in relationships. It doesn't mean those relationships are healthy. It doesn't mean those relationships are necessarily um, fulfilling, but it just means that they have a level of, of belief in their ability to have that partner. Like, I guess um, I define that as love confidence. So love confidence is, and some people just naturally have this. Other people like me had to develop this over time, but it's, it's belief in your ability to attract and keep committed romantic relationships. So we all know those people mm. for whom it is not a thing. They're like, yeah, I'm ready for a relationship. And then tomorrow they have one. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> See, that always scares me. And I kind of judge those people because I'm like, and, and granted, again, I shouldn't. But in my mind, it's like, do you actually care about this person? Because it takes me like a very long time to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm committed to being with this one person. So when I see people like, picking up boyfriends every three months i'm like what are y'all doing like but then looking at me crazy because like i sleep with different people every three months and i'm like it's feeling quite the same yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but Um, we also have those friends who are like i want to be in a relationship i want to be in a relationship and then like they just never yes get in one and i'm always like what's going on that Mm -hmm. you can't like because nothing's wrong with you Right. Like, yes. So it's never understand. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, why can't you just lock down a relationship if that's what you want? Yeah. Because um, the thing is that as humans, we all want to be right about what we believe more than we want to be happy. Mm, interesting. And so on a very deep level, if you do not believe that you can have a great partner who is, you know, who is 
who loves you and who wants to be with you, then it's going to be really hard for you to actually have that. It's going to be really hard. You're going to be attracted to the people who reinforce whatever it is that you believe about yourself. We are all subconscious geniuses. And it is a reason why everybody has a dating pattern. Um, and no one's consciously choosing that pattern, but it, it, it's that's why. And for some people, their Ooh. pattern is they're never in a relationship, even though they want to be. I was that person for many years. Mm-hmm. So I get it. And um, it's about belief and it's about vulnerability and it's um, it's about worthiness. I mean, those are really the biggest three things that keep people single who don't want to be single. Damn. So it always starts with self. You need to on the loudspeaker. <laughs> right? It always starts with self. That's really what I'm getting from. It always yeah. starts with yeah. self. Yeah. Wow. Which is why, by the way, so I started as a matchmaker. And, I, you know, I told you guys that story about how that came to be. But I, um, when I started as a matchmaker, I started working for Paul Brunson. I was working for his agency as a matchmaker. And I was working for myself. I started my own matchmaking business. And it became really clear really quickly that the only people that we could successfully match were the people who were really able to look at themselves and to look at, okay, I know I want to be in a relationship, but I'm only attracted to people who aren't into me and what's going on there. Or Mm. people who are like, you know, I have this one, this, the same relationship dynamic repeating over and over again. And I want to change that. It was only the people Mm -hmm. who were willing to like do that inner work because the reality is, and this is a, a mistake a lot of people make when they hire a matchmaker is they think that it's a silver bullet. They think that it's this magical portal to now having a perfect partner. But if you are only attracted to people who, you know, cheat on you, or um, if you're only attracted to people who are gonna, you know, love bomb you, but then break up with you in a month, if you're like, whatever your pattern is, you're gonna still have that pattern, I don't care how many people you get introduced to. So you got to understand what the pattern is and what the belief is underneath it. So you can fix that. Because you'd be like, Oh, I believe that I'm always going to get left. And miraculously, (laughs) I've always gotten left, right? Um, But I want to, I want to believe something different, because I want to experience something different. And that's the work of coaching, and which is why I'm a coach now. And I don't match make anymore, because I it's much more successful to Mm. um, coach my clients to be their own matchmaker, because you got to do this inner work, and really understand what it is that you believe and learn how to be more vulnerable and to change what you believe to actually align with what you want. I feel like what you do is so important and like distinguishable from just being like, oh, I'm just going to dump all my relationship drama on my therapist because like I might as well have called my therapist like my boyfriend trauma fixer. Like (laughs) I swear to God, like she'd be like, so how are you? Like what's going on? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, and then he texted me and said, (laughs) and this woman was like, girl. (laughs) But like, that was like my biggest issue. And I, and she taught me a lot of things. I think just for me to, there were a lot of factors layered on top of my, my breakup. And like, it was at the time that I was moving. So she helped me like kind of separate those things. But so much of what you said, like I had to take her teachings and then also just like learn and like merge them on my own. But if I had someone like you, I'd be like, oh shit, 
could have used this like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I definitely have a lot of clients who come to me who have been in therapy and they're like, I'm sick of talking about it and understanding like the trauma. I now I actually want to change it. And there, I mean, some therapists are great and are very like action based, but a lot of therapists are just more about talking about it and like giving you that emotional support, but you don't see that same level of change, you know? Um, definitely. So yeah, it's, um, and then I also have clients who are, you know, they work with me and they're also in therapy at the same time. So it's, it's all just kind of depends on the person. And then some people never go to therapy, of course, and just come to me. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I basically what I, the way that I approach coaching and working with my clients is I am just really focused on shortcutting this journey because you can do it on your own. I did it on my own. I spent years like, you know, like obsessed with my own personal development and like reading so many books and like doing so many workshops. And like, I mean, I have journals and journals filled with like, (laughs) you know, self-reflection and all of this and, um, you know, so much dating so much dating, (laughs) so many, (laughs) um, so many failed relationships. And it was like, and, but there was progress. I was up leveling like every time, like I was learning, but it was still like a slow process when I was doing it all on my own. So I'm really focused on like shortcutting that. I'm like what it took me 10 years to learn on my own. I'm going to teach you in three months. So you can get into that, right. That correct relationship for you a lot sooner. Um, Yeah. That's my focus. Love that. So we usually do a, what would you do where we get a a letter in from a listener, but I feel like you have been giving all of us like all the gems like you just <laughs> unpacked my whole crazy dating story and Shade's, um situation um so i just want to uh end we always celebrate a black woman doing shit um on all of our episodes and on this one it is you francesca um the work you do is so powerful so many gems and delivered in just like a real ass way we've loved talking to you could talk to you honestly forever um, Thank literally. you. I love talking to you ladies too. <laughs> so for all of our listeners that just got like a dose of wisdom and want to maybe talk to you some more, where can they find you? How can they book you? How can they hear more from you? Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. Um, so I am easy to find. I am at Dear Franny everywhere on all social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything pinterest tiktok linkedin (laughs) i am on tiktok i don't i don't use it but i am there um (laughs) instagram and facebook and twitter are the best um and i or you can go to my website which is francescahogi.com hogi like yogi h-o-g-i and i there's a few different ways that people can connect with me first of all during this crazy um coronavirus lockdown time I am offering one hour pay what you can sessions. So if someone just wants to have like a one hour call to brainstorm about, okay, what do I do about dating now? Or how do I deal with this self-isolation? Or even, you know, my job went away or my business went away. And now like, what the fuck do I do? Um, you can you can book you can book one of those. Like I said, it's pay what you can. So literally whatever you can, um, no pressure on that. And, um, I also offer, um, free coaching discovery sessions. So if someone's interested in 
getting a little sample of what coaching would be like and to learn the details of how you can work with me, you can also book that. Um, and uh, like I said, that's free. That's and cool. so I'd say probably the easiest way, I guess Instagram would probably just be the easiest way for people just to go. If you click the link in my bio, you can see all of the different ways that you can, you can just click and, you know, book a session. Um, very easy. Thank you, technology. Um, and uh, also I, because I am obsessed with sound baths, I actually did a training last year to learn how to facilitate them. So um, I'm also offering free virtual sound baths just as a gift to the community during this time. So if you're feeling very stressed out and um, you want to have a nice relaxing experience and my sound bath is a little bit different because it's about, it's focused on love and having a deeper experience of love either within yourself or, you know, calling in a relationship or healing an existing relationship. So I have a little twist on it. So it's a little bit interactive. Um, So yeah. And again, if you go to my bio on Instagram or Twitter, um, then you can see all the details and reserve a spot. Oh my goodness. I am obsessed. (laughs) Literally, I feel like what you're doing is so important. I think if more people had like meaningful love, like the the world would be nicer. (laughs) Uh, I agree. I agree. That's my vision of heaven is if well, first of all, if ever, imagine, like, really imagine what the world would be like if everyone truly loved themselves. Yeah. Like, step one. I mean, step one, like that right there, that would be heaven on earth. Um, and then imagine if everyone who wanted a committed romantic relationship had it, a healthy mm. one, a fulfilling one. Mm-hmm. Like, that would just be so amazing. And that was like my dream for myself my whole life. I just was a child who had a lot of romantic longing. It was like, am I going to like, is anyone ever going to love me? (laughs) You know, the way I want to be loved. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to find that, but now that I have my life is so much better. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I want to help other people experience that. That's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank Thank y'all for listening. Again, this has been Black Girls Texting. You can follow us at Black Girls Texting, and you can send us emails at hello at blackgirlstexting.com. Thanks again, Francesca. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.